Welcome back, everyone, to Aspire, the Leadership Development Podcast, where we will be discussing the visions, inspirations, and experiences from top educational leaders. My name is Joshua Stamper, and you can connect with me on Twitter or on Instagram at Joshua double underscore Stamper. All right, Aspire listeners, I am back with an amazing contributing author. As you know, we have been doing a series for my new book, Aspire to Lead, and I have the pleasure of having Jill Seiler back on the Aspire podcast. And she, if you haven't listened to previous episodes, you need to do that because she is just a wealth of information, one of the wisest leaders I have ever interviewed, and I am so happy to have her a part of my book. Jill, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Well, thanks for having me. And with that intro, I will come back anytime you ask me. (laughs) Well, you know, I'm going to ask you again, because you're one of my favorite people to have on the podcast. And I'm just so excited about the launch of my book. And I know for you, you've launched your book. How was that experience? The launch was incredible. And, you know, it's interesting. This was my first time writing a book. And so that process was incredible. But, you know, I kind of thought that the process of writing it was going to be the most difficult. But I'll tell you that back end of like editing and preparing to launch, it's been difficult. So I've been thinking about you these months. I'm so excited for the week that's about to come for you. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be fun. And you're right. There is a lot of work in the whole entire process. But before we talk about anything else, I want to have you just share a little bit about yourself. Because if someone hasn't listened to previous episodes, I know they're probably thinking, who is Jill? Well, Jill, I have been in education for 25 years and I've held every role from a uh, instructional aide for a special education classroom to a teacher and a coach um, to a campus leader, a district leader. I was superintendent for almost 10 years. And just this past summer, I shifted over to lead professional learning statewide with TASA, our state organization. And so I've loved every job I've had. And the book that I wrote was about that, that I love what I do but there's a small part of it that is really, really difficult. And how do we lead through those challenging times? And so it's been a great journey that I've had um, and recently releasing Thrive to the Five has been fantastic. Yes. And if you haven't had a chance to read Joe's book, Thrive to the Five, it's amazing. It's fantastic. It's on my shelf right now. It's one that I've read multiple times. Uh, I'm just a huge fan of that text and make sure that you get that. I'll have that also in the link in the show notes so that you can pick that up because it's, like I said, fantastic for any leader, wherever you are in your journey. Jill, I want to touch on your contribution because I really was excited about this chapter because as you know, it's toward the end with the Aspire acronym. E is for execute. And this was the part of the story of of really honing in on the interview process and, and getting to that next level that whatever they're trying to aspire to get to and you hit some key points, not, not that you need to go through all 10, but you know, in your contribution, what were some main pieces that you would like to share with the listeners about execution? Well, and first, you know, I, I love the, the whole tenet of your book in terms of just aspiring in our leadership journey, no matter where we're at. But the E part of that acronym really spoke to me because I want to help your readers, your listeners get that next step. So many of us are completely equipped for that job that we're called for. But if you don't know some of the things when it comes to the actual sitting down at the table to have that interview, to write that resume, whatever that might be, that can be a piece that holds you back. And so I was able to talk about 10 tips for a successful interview and, um, and just some things that you, we, we all know, like just to celebrate, right? Sometimes getting that interview is so challenging in and of itself. And we we get so caught up in the preparation for it that we just have to take a step back and celebrate, but then also really dived into some of the really tangible tips. 
Like, how do you do your homework when you're getting ready for that? Not so that you walk in and you're a walking encyclopedia of all the things that that organization needs to change, but to make sure that they know that you are so vested in their organization that they can already see you becoming a part of that. And so things like how to do your homework, what does that look like? And then thinking about how do we answer those questions? You know, I think sometimes it's this fine line between we don't want to talk too much and ramble, but we also don't want to be too shallow. And so what does that look like? And so I give some real tangible tips about how do we dive deep in our answers and tell our own story? And also how do we lift the language and talk to something, you know, at a, at a deeper and greater level um, than, than what that service level question might be. And so I loved being able to dig into some of that in that um, contribution for your book. It's an amazing contribution. And the advice that you have placed in there is, is extremely valuable. I know every event that I've spoken at or program that I've created for aspiring leaders at the end, when I'm speaking with people one-on-one, it's always about the interview process. It, It comes up every single time. And I'm just wondering, as you've gone through that process, has there been a piece of advice that has been given to you that has helped you with preparing for an interview? For sure. And let me first just say, right, I think that all of us have had a lot of different kinds of interviews. And sometimes the challenge is, is that we've been so good in our work that we have been pulled up through the ranks. Like we've seen that where you're a teacher and then you're a department chair and then you're an assistant principal and then you're principal within that same system. And there really isn't even a need to interview. So sometimes we kind of get out of that practice. We've been a little rusty because those jobs have just been handed to us because of that breadth of work that we've done. And then we try to go for something and we're like, oh man, it has been a long time since I've done this. And I'll tell you, you know, probably one of my worst interviews um, was my very first superintendent interview. And oh man, I was so prepared for this interview. Like I had done my homework. I knew this district backwards and forwards, their accolades, the things that they needed to improve. I knew every board member by name and occupation. And I sat down at this table and they started going around the table, asking me question after question. There were seven board members. They had three rounds of questions, 21 questions total. And I'm telling you, Josh, I think I finished that interview in 21 minutes flat. And like I talked about not wanting to ramble, you don't want to finish a 20 question interview in 20, 20 minutes. And so one of the things getting back to that piece of advice that I have really clung to is thinking about, right. We know the information we've done our homework, but what is it that we want to share when we get to that table? What are the three to four things we are most proud of in our work? And think about what that is, right? We want to be able to tell our story. And so I not only think about what those three or four things are that I'm most proud of in the things that I've done, but I try to think about what question could I attach that to? Like this particular thing, my old job, we created these institutes of study, these pathways of learning for high school students that incorporated CTE with academic And so I started to think about, they could ask me a question about change or a question about future ready students or a question about implementing an initiative. In any one of those, I could use that as my anchor story to be able to say, this is what I would do. And and let me share with you a story about how I would do it. And so when I talk about diving deep, that's what I mean, is not just answering at that surface level, which is clearly what I did in that first interview, but really digging deep and telling the story and letting people see like, yes, I can see this person leading in our organization well, and we want that person to come. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. You can find out more at teachbetter.com slash podcast. Now let's get back to the episode. 
So I want to know about pieces of advice that was given to you that isn't true. For instance, like everyone talks about what colors you should wear during an interview or if someone asks for you to drink some water or take a glass of water, you, you don't take it or, you know, things like that. Wise tells, if you will, or are there any things that advice given to you that you think is just ridiculous and has no part within the interview process? You know, I go back to probably the piece of advice that I was given in the classroom as a first year teacher, right? Like that, don't let them see you smile until December. And I think the same can be true for an interview process. Like you need to be so professional and you do, you need to dress the part, look the part. And that looks different from district to district. And so that's part of your research is just knowing what that you always want to come in being professional, but you also want to know the context that you're walking into. But I think making that personal connection, and even if they say things like you're going to walk into the room and just sit down and start presenting to take the 60 seconds and to walk around and shake hands, to know who's going to be on the interview committee, to be able to make eye contact. If you can figure out who those folks are, you know what the principal looks like because you've seen that person on the website and you're able to make contact and say their name and do all of those things. I think that line between professionalism and connecting personally is one that you don't want to err on the cold side. You want to connect in the superintendency, they tell you all the time, they hire you because they like you and they fire you because they decide they don't like you anymore. And I think any position in leadership, it's your wealth of knowledge. It's your ability to do the job. But at the end of the day, what's going to get you past that first round is connecting personally with the people around the table. And I want my listeners to be able to connect with you, Jill. So how would they do that through social media? So all of my social media and my website are Jill M. Seiler. So jillmseiler.com is my website. And then Twitter, Instagram, all of the social media platforms. I'm also at Jill M. Seiler. Would love to connect with your listeners and your soon-to-be rears. <laughs> love it. So Jill, I know that you are doing a lot of things all over the state, all over the country, but the one event that you have coming up is with TEPSA, which is one of our state organizations. So what is it that you're doing with them? Yeah, so I've had an opportunity to work with TEPSA for a number of events this past year. I did their GROW conference, their summer conference, and then I've had a couple of opportunities to hit some regional meetings, and I'll be speaking in Dallas uh, in October for the Region 10 TEPSA meeting and really excited about it. That's awesome. You're going to be in my backyard. That's amazing. And then I'll also be speaking at a TEPSA event here in the AP conference on October 11th. So if you want to join me, Todd and Sloney, and some other amazing leaders down in Austin, Texas, make sure that you do that. And I'll have the link in the show notes for not only my event, but for Jill's also. So we love our TEPSA organization. And Jill, I don't know what else to say, but thank you. Thank you for everything, for being an amazing friend, leader, um, someone I lean on, and someone that I'm just so happy to have, not only on the podcast, but within the Aspire to Lead book. Well, you have done so much work helping others realizing the calling um, that they have on their lives. And so I'm so excited just to be a small part of what is lying ahead for you. I'm so excited for your release. Congratulations. Congratulations.